Western Twin Peaks Radio back again on this episode, the last gasp of a celebratory summer that saw live music return with a vengeance, with a beat everyone could dance to. Put your groove shoes on. This is Western Twin Peaks Radio with MJ Call on the Lost Church Free Radio, San Francisco. As younger. Hello, hello, hello. MJ back again in San Francisco, here to help you wind up your summer 2022 with a smattering of new sounds that define the season. Lots of cross-genre nostalgic retro vibes, nods to great artists of the not-so-distant past, and beats, beats, beats. Plus, in my second hour, a fantastic conversation with San Francisco composer, writer, speaker, and podcast host, Mark Montgomery French, as we delve deep into his area of expertise, why all your favorite music is probably black. We have a great chat and dive into the derivative nature of today's music coming up in my second hyperlocal hour. But first, let's play off the summer of 2022, starting with one of the albums of the summer, if not year. It's the queen bee herself, Beyonce, and the closing track off her new LP, Renaissance. It's a banger and a nod to the great Donna Summer, pun intended. This is Summer Renaissance. I wanna house you, make it take my name. I'm gonna spouse you and make it touch a ring. I'm gonna take you all the way. Baby, can I take you all the way? You sexy motherfucker.
Such a great vibey start to the show. You just heard new music from the groovy Texas trio Krungbin, teaming up this time with Malian singer and guitarist View Farka Ture for the song Savan, the lead single of an upcoming collaborative project. Before that, you heard the song King Clave with Sikiru Adupuju and Giovanni Hidalgo. That was brought to you courtesy of dead drummer Mickey Hart, along with Zakir Hussein and Planet Drum. Planet Drum is the global percussion ensemble formed in 1991 by Mickey Hart and Zakir. The song was created this summer for the UN General Assembly through an initiative called Playing for Change, a sonic project that seeks to inspire global unity through dance and music. And I started the set off with Beyonce, sampling Donna Summer and the song Retro Disco-inspired Summer Renaissance. But it doesn't stop there. Wested Twin Peaks Radio is keeping the nostalgic vibes going with Golf Alpha Bravo, the solo project of L.A.-based Australian singer-guitarist Gab Winterfield, and this epic Jimi Hendrix-inspired song, Comet Loop, Mo Clouds Live.
great song by Golf Alpha Bravo with Comet Loop Mo Clouds Live. Let's keep the space theme going with another new summer of 2022 song, Kepler 22B, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard's psyche tribute to the exoplanet of the same name. This is MJ and you're vibing to West of Twin Peaks Radio on Lost Church Free Radio. Thanks for hanging today.
it's truly been the summer of psychedelia across genres and continents. You heard Melody's Echo Chamber, a project from France, and the song Where the Water Clears the Illusion, off the LP Emotional Eternal, released just as summer was getting underway. And before that, you heard Australia's King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard with Kepler-22b. Remember, my guest artist, San Francisco's Mark Montgomery French, is coming up in my second hour to bring some cultural and historical context to the music of today, its derivative roots, and why much of it can be traced back to black beginnings. That's coming up at the top of the hour. But right now, let's get the dance grooves going again with new music from U.S. girls and a fresh single, So Typically Now. Switching it up slightly now and leaning a little punk, here's Wisconsin-based band Disc and the song they wanted to sound like, quote, a freight train full of clowns and silly toys barreling through the dark. Decide for yourself, 
This is called Cujo's Kitties.
What a nice long set of punk, neo-punk, and new wave mashups. You just heard the Nashville-based duo Twin and One Stop Shop for a Fading Revolution. That's from their new LP of the same name. They've been touring extensively since spring. They were in Portland and Seattle, but somehow they have not hit either San Francisco or L.A. Hope they come here soon. Before that, from the U.K., The Cleaners from Venus with a new single called Lo-Fi London. I also played Joe, that's spelled D-J-O, and the song Gloom off a new album due this fall called Decide. Joe is actually Joe Keery, who you may know as Steve on Stranger Things. He had a solid music career prior to landing the role on the Netflix hit. And the set started with Disc and Cujo Kitties. Remember my guest artist segment coming up at the top of the hour, but let's make a big genre twist here and listen to the new song by Molly Lewis, known for her ukulele playing and for her skill at whistling. Before becoming a recording artist, she also participated in the niche world of competitive whistling. Did you even know that existed? So there's your trivia Easter egg for the day. This is her new song, Miracle Fruit, off a new EP called Mirage.
this what I deserve now? Better off as friends Not know Not perfect love
up hour one of Wessed Twin Peaks Radio with music from another album of the summer, if not the year, the record-breaking record Harry's House from Harry Styles and the song Cinema. As I've said before, it's Harry's house and we're all just living in it. And I'm not mad about it. Before that, another LP I personally would classify as an album of the summer and year, Oakland's Toro y Moi and the psychedelic chill wave record Mahal, which is Tagalog word for love. You heard the song Millennial. Before that, yet another record-getting rave reviews, L.A.'s Steve Lacey and the song Buttons off his critically acclaimed album Gemini Writes. I also played up-and-coming artist Montel Fish, a 22-year-old from Pittsburgh who is redefining Christian music with his new album Jamie. I played the song Fall in Love With You. And I started that set of eclectic new Summer of 22 music off with Whistler Molly Lewis and Miracle Fruit. I'm MJ, and you're tuned in to West of Twin Peaks Radio on Lost Church Free Radio. Welcome to my second hyperlocal hour, where today's guest artist is going to put all the music you just heard and much of the music you've been listening to all your life into a perspective that you may not have thought of before. Mark Montgomery French is a San Francisco musician, composer, writer, speaker, and host of the podcast, All Your Favorite Music is Probably Black, which you can hear right here on Lost Church Free Radio, right after West of Twin Peaks Radio. Before we get into our chat, let's hear a clip from his podcast to give you an idea of why your favorite music is probably black. This clip examines the roots of K-pop.
So this was all the music that people were listening to. It seemed very old to the teens, and they had zero access to Western music. And into this boring world of music entered this guy. His name is Xiao Taji. He's a South Korean singer, songwriter, and musician. He also did not like the fact that he felt cloistered by uh, the cultural mores of South Korea and the government. In 1992, he took his new musical act onto a variety program called Saturday Night Music. And this is what he did. Sautaji had two dancers, singers, and he called them together, Sautaji and boys, and he wrote and produced that song himself, and it's called Nan Arayo, which means I know in English. That was a cultural milestone in South Korean history. Every generation has a moment on TV when things change, and that was theirs. It was, culturally speaking, kind of like when Neil Armstrong did his moonwalk, and if you added that to when Michael Jackson did his moonwalk on TV in 1983, it was that together. One performance, Sautaji created K-pop that's considered to be ground zero of when K-pop happened. And he did it by using black music that South Korea hadn't heard. So Mark Montgomery French, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. I really appreciate it. But before we actually get into more of what it is you study as a music historian and what your lectures and your podcasts are about, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself? Gee, well, thank you for setting me up. Um, I'm from San Francisco, one of the few who still actually um, were born there. Um, and I was in a band in the early 90s called Endangered Species. And it was a band in which there was a, a, a play guitar and there was a black lead singer and we had a white rhythm section. And you would not believe how many weird eyeballs we got because no one, this was a pre-Hootie in the Blowfish world. Okay. <laughs> so I, I actually had an acoustic guitar and people, we'd walk up and the sound guys would be like, uh, are you folk? No. Are you reggae? Because the lead singer had dreads. And it would just go through this, this litany of insanity. And like, can we just play? And then you can either like us or not like us. But there's always this extra level of Black musicians being asked to stay in their lane. So I've always been very sensitive to that. And th give me the time period again that this, this was This is in. the early 90s San Francisco. So we're talking about... A Hip hop was starting to become big nationwide, but also MTV was doing their unplugged thing. So if you had an acoustic guitar, you, I kind of had a, a we, we actually managed to get in to uh, the club scene because we were semi-acoustic. So, and, and this is in quote unquote, enlightened San Francisco. Enlightened San Francisco. I'm a voodoo child, Lord, I'm a voodoo child. even from a young age, start to see uh, there's already lines. My my parents had, I look back and think, incredibly good taste in music. They were the ones who brought me to, uh, not physically, but they brought home and played me Jimi Hendrix, and they played me Slime of Family Stone, and they played me Miles Davis's Kind of Blue and Bitches Brew. It's like a really wide uh, field of, of what music could be. And then you start looking around in record stores and you realize that they're in different categories. And sometimes they're in different categories because of 
what color their skin is. Jimi Hendrix is in the rock category, but most black guitar players are in blues or they're in R&B, even if they're a rock artist. And it's very strange. If you go right now to, let's say, Amoeba, big record store, and look for Prince, Prince is an R&B. In spite of the fact he said major rock hits and plays wonderful guitar and shreds and things, his albums are an R&B. I don't know why, other than he's a black guy. So yeah. things like that, that uh, I start to pick up and realize, you know, this could actually be something I could share with the world, not just barrage my wife with all these details. And so this show, all your favorite music is probably black. It's a humorous talk about all the genres of music that black people started that they have now been pushed away from. There's lots of, of, of oddities of just about being black and trying to be in America that it's somewhat like science fiction, trying to explain to people who aren't black what's going on. Uh, and, and music is a wonderful way to learn about American history, world history, but American history, and see how it also sometimes helped break down the most ridiculous levels of racism. All music is so derivative. It of, is. Of what it's derivative of, it's just a, a huge uh, world, mishmash world of, of music, and it's all derivative. And it's no secret and has been no secret to most people, I would think, maybe I'm wrong here, that, uh, you know, the early Stones and early Beatles, they always credited that, that they were inspired by uh, the black artists of the fifties and the, you know, the, um, little Richards and the, uh, you know, who, whoever else, you know, but they, they were definitely inspired and that was what they were listening to when they started their form of rock and roll. So that's been no mystery, but I think you take this much deeper in terms of cross genres. Is that correct? Yes. I'd, I'd like to think so. And one thing to think about about England and their fight to hear music was different than ours. Theirs was about um, the BBC controlled radio. And there was no such thing as having your own radio station legally here. If you got an FCC license, you could have a college radio station. There they had literal pirate radio stations where it'd be a person out in a boat. In a boat playing, out in, yeah. <laughs> playing what they wanted. And most of the music up until the 60s was light entertainment. There'd be lots of show tunes and novelty songs. And there was not a lot of, let's say, Muddy Waters on the radio. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it was American GIs who would come over and bring records or the hip record stores would carry this. That's where the Stones and the Beatles and, and all learned the music. In America, it had been so ostracized from young culture that the first American fans of the, of the Stones had never heard Muddy Waters. They had not heard Albert King. So to them, it was all new. And that sort of balkanization of where music comes from has continued through today. The biggest surprise hit of this year 
was Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill. That came out in 85. And yeah, once yeah, again, yeah. because of Stranger Things, yeah. became a hit, which is fantastic. And that, that, that two things are happening for that to occur. One is that unlike the 80s when the songs first charted, the only way the song would be a hit would be if radio played it. Radio didn't play it that much. She was a woman and she was British. Yeah. Plus, at that time, she's competing with ZZ Top or Dara Straits sounding like ZZ Top. Yeah, it was, a, it was a different genre. It was I mean, basically, not her aesthetic. That, 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 that didn't get played on radio, general way radio. I'm sure it was going on in college radio. But, right, an alternative yeah, yeah. rock, but not yeah. radio. Um, so you have that going against it, but the reason, one reason why it's a hit now is because the way that the charts are made, anytime you play a song on YouTube, it gets charted, it, it counts toward the big chart. We play it on Spotify, we play it on YouTube. So we, the collective we, are actually helping to control what becomes a popular song. And that's fantastic. So, I mean, there's still radio gatekeepers and there's still record label gatekeepers, but there's less effect. Are, in terms of the gatekeepers, are you also talking about promoters and venue, you know, massive venue uh, organizers and organizers, whatever, uh, you know, like the, the Live Nation types, I can't think of, you know, those are, are they part of the gatekeepers that have been part of the problem? Not so much, because touring was always a way that bands could stay alive, even if they were not mainstream, they didn't have a, a mainstream uh, I mean, even bands like Fish, right, in which most people could not pick Fish out of a lineup, but Fish managed to tour and then they were fine. I would also think of things like mainstream record uh, publications, reviewers. Uh, famously, Rolling Stone gave lots of classic hip hop albums horrible reviews. Yeah. So music media is is part of that. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that's definitely a big part of what is acceptable and what's not. Right. If if we don't review you, you don't count. If Rolling Stone gives, um, oh, I'll pick somebody. Uh, Bruce Springsteen will always get the leadoff, and, and and that's that's fine. But if you're not Bruce Springsteen and you're a black artist and you're playing something that's not something that a, a rock loving reviewer at Rolling Stone could uh, get behind, then we'll not review you, or we'll give you a review by somebody who doesn't understand what what you're on about. So. And, and that was back at the time in which Rolling Stone actually was helping feed the industry. So it was, you had radio, you had reviewers, you had uh, all of this happening. And so they could sometimes make or break you, which was awful. To be fair, they didn't like Led Zeppelin either. So Rolling Stone definitely is a, the joke was that they, they loved Elvis Costello because they all looked like him. <laughs> I'm not saying that's fair, that's what I heard. Uh, so that didn't help. So if you were, unless you were somebody who was so dramatically uh, pushing out of your weight class, they could not deny you, like Bob Marley. Ooh, yeah. Bob Marley hand brought reggae to the masses in America, if not the world. Uh, so, or Michael Jackson with Thriller, like undeniable. But should you have to be undeniable to get the same amount of access? Do you have to be the top of the food chain in order to get, I mean, historically for black people, yes. <laughs> you don't, you don't, there, there's not very many mediocre black rock bands that do well because there's just no, must no resources for that.
starting to shift a bit and I only say this because the um, for instance the the music that preceded our interview in the first hour of this show uh, has a number of what can only be called black African beats and whatnot or Jamaican even mm -hmm. or whatnot because this summer has had an incredible uh, amount of of fun dance house music. I think people are just celebrating being out and dancing again, yes. type thing. But but no one's denying where that where they're getting their influences from. You know, when you read about you know what inspired the artists and whatnot. And I'm wondering if if things are starting to shift a bit, or if it's just because genres are kind of disappearing. And and people are are using influences from all over, from everywhere now, and it's it's become not genreless, but but there's less pigeonholing going on. I, I think so. I think streaming definitely helps that. I mean, uh, depending what the algorithm, how it's how it's written, but the concept is in theory. You like music with this kind of energy. Here's some other music with a similar kind of energy. And we can hope that the Spotify's, the Pandora's of the world are, are thinking of that properly. We'll see about that. I think with regular music fans, yeah, I think that having to, there's no reason to split one song into one category in which you can tag it with infinite categories, right? So if you look into a Spotify playlist, the same song might be on a chill out, playlist or it could be on a British playlist and it can be on a, um, a, a vibe at the same time. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So you just kind of pick what you want. Uh, which the, the problem is that this is in theory going faster and moving faster than the music industry can really grasp and understand. No, they do not understand the iTunes music store. They're not uh, in control of it anymore. Basically. No, they, 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 they know what they know, which is if you put a lot of money on a cute person and it's a danceable song, maybe at the end of it will make some money. And that's still true. But separate from that, they're not, they don't really know how to grasp and control this the way they used to. But back to the, 
how Americans um, are were getting have have always been getting music has been basically the cultural erasure of black artists. Um, Day one. So think of country. Country was at, at 1900 the biggest group in country music as they were forming country music was half black and half white. And they're, they're playing they're playing the banjo, which came from Africa. Uh, they're playing the fiddle, which did not come from Africa by itself, but they had fiddle playing in, in Africa. And slowly but surely, uh, the, the record industry figured out they could take the same early country songs and sell them under different names to black audiences and white audiences. And so you had some bands who were pretending to be black country artists under an assumed name to get a second check. I mean, I get that part. But after a while, this is how segregation of music started. And after about the 30s, it became, well, white people like hillbilly music and black people like race music, or what they call black people playing folk yeah. music. The, the race records, the R&B chart was first, yeah, yeah, the yeah. race records chart. And so it wasn't so much that the people listening to it saw much of a difference, but it was a way of making a buck and building on some inherent racism to the point now where there are some black people playing country to, uh, I mentioned Hootie, but Darius Rucker pretty much broke open the country chart a little bit. <laughs> and now south to the land of the pines I'm thumbing my way in North Carolina Staring up the road and pray to God I see headlights. It hasn't even been until the last two years, maybe, that that they have opened the doors up to all these black, not all, a couple of uh, black female country artists. Right, the, right. That the, is a the, the Mickey Guytons and the you know the people who have been around. It's been going on for a long time, but. I, Tell me if I'm wrong again here. I I feel that the country music industry has the, been almost the most egregious of the genres in terms of black erasure. I would say so. And they also are the most traditional in every possible way. Uh, they tended to not, they tended to fight almost every artist in general who was ever a big name in country. They did not op uh, open their arms to Willie Nelson initially to Johnny Cash. I believe they kicked Hank Williams Sr. out as a Grand Ole Opry. Granted, he was a raging alcoholic, but I, but still. So the concept of, I mean, the big one was Charlie Pride. So I feel so blue, sometimes I wanna die. He was for the longest time, the only country artist who was black anybody could name for about 50 years. And and it was taken seriously, but, and that was only because Chet Atkins, who ran RCA, made it a personal vendetta to get him signed. That's what it generally takes. Some very famous white man high up who people can't say no to. in a small town I did my best just to fit in So country is pretty bad. Uh, Mickey Guyton 
was a female signed to a label. I believe she didn't get to put out a full record for something like five years, seven years. It's always a reason. And the reason was, we don't know how to sell you. We yeah. love you. We don't know how to sell you. And I guess we're not, we don't want to let you go, which might have been... Her album came out now. It did okay, right? But yeah, country is very much about tradition. And tradition trumps Sonic's tradition. Although they're not really traditional. You know, music has changed in country. There was country politan and then... Uh, what happened in the 80s with uh, a return to semi-traditionalist with after Urban Cowboy came out and then the, the bro uh, band. The bro country, the bro yeah. country and uh, and to think that they're traditional in the way Merle Haggard was traditional, because he didn't count because he wasn't from Nashville. Uh, it always seems to be some version of a lie over another one. And they've either run out of lies or they have some cooler people working in Nashville, probably a little bit of both. But to think that there is no black female country artist with even uh, with number one song in the history of the chart seems a little odd, yes? Before we close this, um, a reminder that you're going to be doing the show live on the Lost Church stage on September 22nd. Yes, they have moved. They're now uh, at 988 Columbus at Chestnut in North Beach. And it's a lovely speakeasy type environment. And it's very cozy. And they have a bar. So if you're thinking, hey, you know, is it worth getting my kids a, a babysitter? I There's going to be a bar. Bar, yes. <laughs> it's, 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 it's two hours of intermission, so you can appreciate the bar. I'll have uh, a big screen set up, so I'll play some music and some videos, and it's a very interactive. People have described it as a live documentary, which is the do best you, thing. Do you do a Q&A, too? I do a Q&A. I also I do a Q&A. I have, there's, there's 
quizzes. Well, not quiz. I do have a, a couple of multiple choice questions for the audience yeah. where you can, where, where I'm clearly trying to trick you into giving me the wrong answer. Uh, so yes, people get to talk at this one. What have you been listening to this summer? I, I checked out the new Beyonce album at the gym. That's a great place to do it. And it is very, very dense, but in a most wonderful way. Like you, it's it's like it's almost like um, how Bjork albums can be dense, how Public Enemy albums can be dense, how or orchestral albums can be dense. But it's incredibly well arranged and incredibly well mixed. And I like her headspace, which is I'm in my late forties. This is what I'm about. So, what song hits you that we should that, that we can end end our segment with that you that you really dig? Off I like thick, thick. Cool. Thick is a, a definitely a song about body positivity in a very uh, sensually delivered manner. And I like just the freedom she has to just go there, uh, especially with uh, so much social media about what filter can I throw myself to fake that I'm having my best life. <laughs> That's awesome. Let's end it with Thick. Thank you so much Thank for you taking for the time me. today. Can't wait to see you on the on the actual stage Yay. and listen to your podcast. So again, really appreciate you taking the time today. Thank you very much. That's that ball drop. That's that keep going. That's that never stop. Maybe that's that thick. Thanks so much again to Mark Montgomery French for such a great conversation that has me thinking much deeper about all the music I play and listen to. You can hear his podcast, All Your Favorite Music is Probably Black, right after West of Twin Peaks Radio at 2 p.m. on Fridays here on Lost Church Free Radio. And be sure and check out his live music-filled lecture at the brand new Lost Church venue in San Francisco's North Beach neighborhood on Thursday, September 22nd. Get tickets now at thelostchurch.org. listening to the hyper-local hour of West of Twin Peaks Radio. I'm MJ, and so stoked you're tuned in today. Let's continue celebrating the opening of the Lost Church's San Francisco venue by playing a set of music from artists that will be featured on the North Beach stage through the month of September, starting with former West of Twin Peaks Radio guest artist Rachel Garland, who will be performing on September 10th with her band. This is her most recent single called Luisa, inspired by the animated film Encanto. We listen to Luisa sing about the tension. I have a question I 
but I know you don't give a damn. I'll make eggs if you make coffee. Where you off to so early again? You're awful cute, looking sleepy. Scrunch up your face and ask again. Why can't we just stay in bed? How can I get up if I could lie right here instead? If we're late again, we'll catch hell from the man. But I know you don't give a damn. We should move out to the city. Rent controls, catch as catch can. I know you'd thrive in Oakland. I always pan for New Orleans. One more thing to consider. If we moved into the van, we could go wherever, and we'd kill on Instagram. Lives we're making up, growing rooster or cooing dove. I don't care. I'm waking up in Well, I've been 
shit that I hope that I'll be seeing Split, Cause the years go by and you don't know where they went Yeah, gotta get rich and I gotta do it fast Gotta buy this and I gotta buy that Don't ever let them see you sad Yeah, great plan, come on man Money can't buy you love Yeah, money can't give you purpose True. Money will take your life uh, Money will make you worthless Sitting back, I be looking at my life Trying to piece it all together Am I doing it right? Can I live? And be happy when I die All dogs go to heaven So I hope they recognize Down on my luck Couldn't tell you why I've been hustling for a minute But I'm barely getting by Can I chill When I turn in for the night I get lost in my dreams Only time I'm satisfied What the fuck now I take a look around Hard to make the world better when you're freaking now They looking at me now, I need to calm down In my own head, damn it's hard to break out All lies on me, looking like a zombie No sleep, running on only coffee One minute I'm oh so cocky The next I'm probably sorry Demons haunt me, now they mock me In my mind they always taunt me One minute I think they're gone The next I hear them plotting Do I love myself enough? Do I treat my family right? Simple questions but you know they keep me up at night 
ain't trippin' We all wanna care, but never with a dime I'm learning time is more important than those dollar signs Sitting back, I be looking at my life Trying to piece it all together, am I doing it right? Can I live, and be happy when I die? All dogs go to heaven, so I hope they recognize You just heard a set of tunes from artists who are among those gracing the stage of the new Lost Church venue in North Beach. By the way, the Lost Church is unique because it's a non-profit organization dedicated to providing performance space for smaller artists across all genres with an emphasis on supporting local bands and musicians. I just played San Francisco hip-hop rapper Crimson and a song off his most recent LP, Someone Had to Say It. Before that, you heard Sonoma Coast singer-songwriter Zoe Winter with her song, Always. I also played North Bay artist Joshua James Jackson with his lovely tune, Morning Light, and I started the set off with Rachel Garland and her newest song, Louisa. Don't want to confuse you with who's playing what on what day, so please go online to thelostchurch.org and check out the calendar for yourself and, more importantly, buy tickets. We still have some time today to explore some new releases by local artists and locally adjacent artists, which is to say that there's a Bay Area music connection in all these upcoming songs. First, here's new music from an East Bay band I adore that just announced they're coming out with a new LP in mid-October. Here's Credit Electric and the first single off their upcoming album, which is called Out of Love in the Face of a Shadow. The song is called Out of Love.
heard two Bay Area adjacent tunes which, like many of today's songs, had that Summer of 22 beat you could dance to. I played the Savoir Adore remix of the Geographer song, When Will I Belong? Geographer is, of course, former San Francisco, now LA-based musician Mike Denny, who performed this summer on the Stern Grove Festival stage and was a former guest artist right here on West of Twin Peaks Radio. Before that, you heard STBA by Florida native Bella Pierce. The local connection there is that the song was co-written and produced by the East Bay Project known as Sogren. And of course, I started the set off with Oakland's Credit Electric with the new song, Out of Love. That about does it for West of Twin Peaks Radio today. You can follow me on Instagram for news of new local music and live show alerts at WOTP underscore Radio MJ. And you can always find archive shows on my podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts just by searching for West of Twin Peaks Radio. I'll be back in two weeks with more new music and local guest artists, next time featuring Niles Lannon, a solo artist, member of the band's Night Sky Luparosa and Film School, and now one of the organizers of the upcoming San Rafael Porch Fest on Sunday, September 18th, featuring some 40-plus local bands all for free. You'll hear all about it in two weeks. For now, I'm going to leave you with a song from the duo known as Brigine. L.A. percussionist Brigine Murphy and Oakland's Doug Stewart, who released their sophomore LP a month ago called Angelo. This is a song that, again, encapsulates sonically the summer of 22. It's called Take a Trip. See you in two weeks. Until then, treat people with kindness. Peace. (laughs) 